Hi and welcome to Nuance Podcast with Logan and Yuzha, where we seek to unpack the subtleties of the human experience and get back to the basics of genuine human connection. Through conversation, we can define the fundamentals of a perspective, the foundation of an opinion, and anything else we find interesting. Follow us as we follow our curiosity and enjoy the episode. Hi, yours. Hi, honey. How are you going? Wonderful, thank you. That's good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good. Here for episode two? Yes. Yeah. How did you feel when we published episode one the other day? Oh, vulnerable. Yeah? Yeah. How so? Letting people know a little bit about our history, where we've come from. Yeah. Delving a little bit deeper into what makes us us yep. now. Absolutely. And we had to post our voices too. That was a really, <laughs> a really scary yeah. one. Recording recording our voices, knowing full well that we're putting it out there for people to listen to yeah. is a really nerve-wracking experience. So much self-judgment. Oh, God, so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny where oh. all that comes from and that vulnerability that gets generated. Then you, you think, oh, this is fantastic. You know, yeah. it's, it felt good. It felt like a good conversation. You go back through the editing process. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're like, this is what we sound like. <laughs> Do I really say I'm that much? Yeah. Do I really say sort of that much? Yeah. Kinda? <laughs> it's amazing. You know, all those little things that you become conscious of. But it's a process. It is. It's all a process. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves, I think. Yeah. I mean, we always have, though. Yeah. I think starting the whole Logan and Yuja page on Instagram, we started with a bit of an intention for it. Yeah. Probably wasn't defined enough. Yeah. And we it ended up being something that was more of an overwhelming pressure cooker for us. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think the intention was to share a bit about us and to put good vibes out. Yeah. But that wasn't specific enough. Yeah. This makes sense. It makes a lot more sense for us. Yeah. We've defined it a bit more. Our intention of just putting ourselves out there a little bit and putting out a bit of what we talk about has helped ground us and given us a bit more of an anchor when it comes to creating content for this further down the line. So it's been a lot more beneficial even just thinking about this and setting this up and sorting it out has been an easier process than it was for the Instagram page. Yeah. Just by itself. It feels right. Yeah. There's a, I definitely feel a difference in purpose for this than our Instagram page when we first started it. Yeah. Isn't it amazing though the influence intention has on the work and what you create going oh, forward? Yeah. Because having more of an intention for this has made it easier to sit down in the chair and turn the microphone on. Yeah. We have a place where this is coming from. Yeah. And we know why we're doing it. How does that relate to us right now? How can we relate that to what's going on, especially everyone that's in lockdown at the moment? Or even just think, having in us having an intention, it's just a, it's given us a bit more of a framework mm. for how we can go forward with what it is that we want to achieve. Yeah. So when I was a bit more, when I, before I matured up a little bit, I mean, I'm only 25, <laughs> I started becoming more aware of the decisions I was making, became more aware of my power over the choices I make. I was kind of just going through the motions mm. and that left me floundering a little bit. When I got to that point in my life where I realized I'm in control here. It was a great feeling, but it was also really overwhelming because up until that point in time, I'd never really paid attention to why I was doing what I was doing. And so now I've got to this point where I'm in control, but I'm in control of a mess now. (laughs) (laughs) So I went through university pretty much on autopilot. And as I got to the end of my degree, I realized I didn't want to do it. But I, I had one year left out of five. So mm. I knuckled down and I just pushed through it. And I got there and I graduated, which was great. You did really well. Yeah. However, I also at the same point went, 
holy crap, what am I going to do now then? Yeah. I, I felt empowered now. My life's in my hands, but what, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, the last 23 years of my life has culminated in this point and it's been, I've just been chasing my tail. I haven't gone anywhere that's actually set me up for anything. So it kind of, as, as much as it was an awesome feeling to, to, to realize and appreciate that I was in control of the decisions I was making, it was also really quite overwhelming. And so to get to where we are now has been a, has been a bumpy ride. But to say the least. <laughs> it's required a lot of trust and a lot more awareness of the decisions I've made, mm. which has been great. And taking responsibility and accountability. Yeah, having accountability is a big one too. Yeah. And just being accountable to yourself. If you wanna if you wanna achieve something, then that's fantastic. But that's barely even half half the uh, you have an outcome. The outcome's only a tiny portion of you know the overall process. Uh, it's what happens between now and the outcome yeah. that really actually matters. That's yeah. You you to keep going. You're gonna keep showing up. Exactly. Yeah. And most like so much of the time, I found when I set myself a goal, or I, I put an intention out there, I want to achieve this, mm-hmm. or by this time, this is what I want to be doing. I'd set. I, I'd put that out there. It would give me a framework. It would give me a structure to kind of work through, which is which was awesome because I, I need that structure. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> But also in surrendering to that process that was unfolding, that was taking me towards that goal, mm-hmm. actually found that the goal started changing. The goalpost started moving. Yeah, right. And instead of being so hung up on what I want, what the outcome was going to be, yeah. it was more about how the process was unfolding and just being part of that. That's beautiful. Yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's really cheesy, but it... Definitely had a huge impact on me coming, moving out of that overwhelming state that I was in, that real... But you worked through that. That's what you did. You worked through that overwhelm. Yeah. You sat in it and you were, you start, you started seeking to understand it and what it was telling you. Yeah. I could tell, I noticed. It was amazing to watch. It was, part of. it was really, really important to me at that point in my life to be, just to be accountable for myself. I've ne- I was never brought up to blame someone else for my situation or make excuses for why I'm doing something or I'm behaving in a certain way or why I am in the position that I'm in. Yeah. I was brought up to be a lot tougher than that mm. and be more resilient and to be accountable and take responsibility. That was one of my mum's catchphrases. <laughs> take responsibility for your actions. <laughs> and she'd drum her hand on <laughs> the table with every syllable. <laughs> and it definitely sunk in. Oh, it's sunk in big time. It's a massive part of who I am today. Yeah. And I really do take pride in that. And I'm really grateful for those lessons. Well, I'm grateful too because I've learned them through you. Yeah. So I, I took those, they, they kind of embedded themselves in my subconscious. And whether I actively called upon those lessons to help me move out of where I was or not, I had it in my head when I was in that moment that I need, I, I'm the one in this position now. Yeah. This is, I've been on autopilot up until now, even just quickly sidetracking off that, the whole decision to go to uni, I felt like I had to go. Yeah. I felt like that was the only choice that was in front of me out of high school, but it also prolonged me having to take responsibility for myself and go out and get a job. It meant that my adult life, all that really scary stuff beyond yeah. got to be pushed back another five years. So it was, it was almost... This sounds really horrible, but it was almost like a big procrastination for me. Sure. From getting on with being an adult. So I had those moments too. 
I think I think everyone I think, is. Yeah. It's not. I think it's natural. Yeah. Especially when you go through a transition yeah. like that. Exactly. When you. No one. No one wants to be an adult when it's so much fun being a being young. And but you don't realize that when you're young, though, do you? That's it. You only realize that when you push through that process and get to being an adult. Yeah. And you can actually see. Oh wow. Wow. Okay. This is what it involves. Yeah. Oh crap. It's. It's funny. Well, we were talking about this uh, yesterday. I think. Um, how when you're a child or when you when you're even a teenager and you think about you think about becoming an adult or being an adult you are behind yeah in it seems like you're so far behind in life because you're born into a world of adults yeah you've, yeah. you've got other your kids around you but away. your yeah. idea of success generally comes from your parents situation yeah you look up to the people yeah. that bring you up and your your extended family that are older family friends teachers teachers Adults that you're in, in acquaintance with all the time. Because they look like they know what they're doing. Yeah. So you're like, wow, they're doing this and this. That, that'll be fun to do. Yeah, they've made it. They've made it. And so you've got this whole idea that there's some secret formula that, that, you get, <laughs> that gets handed down to you from, I don't know, somewhere between finishing high school and getting a career. Do you know, some days I still feel like I'm waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that I'm actually, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I can look at everyone and be like, hey. It's you, yeah? yeah? Let's do this together. Ain't no one doing this No forever. one's coming. No <laughs> one's coming anymore. And, and that was so, that was really what I had to come to terms with when I was at that transitional phase out yeah. of university. Mm-hmm. When I finished and gone, I'm in control here. Ain't no one giving me a, an old parchment, <laughs> an old scroll, scroll that's got the secret formula oh. for success and being an adult. And and, nice wax stamp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So how I was going to get out of it was just going to be being accountable and being responsible for what my situation was going to be. Yeah. And the decisions that I started making after that were a lot. I was I was more involved in the decisions I was making. Did you feel like more secure in yourself? Being able to make those decisions for yourself? <sighs> yeah. You know, in, in a way, yeah. It actually started to be a bit more fun when you because you're actively involved. And I know that sounds weird because no, you're I the one living it. your life yeah. and you're the one that's ultimately making the decisions. But there's a point though that you reach, hopefully, and I was I reached that when I was 22 or 23, thankfully, where you do. There's something that happens in your life that wakes you up and goes, "Crap, I'm living this. I'm here on Earth, living this experience, and this is mine to shape. However, I want to shape it, and no one has that control over me." You're creating. Yeah. Well, that's that's it. Yeah. You're you're literally creating your life how you want to create it. Yeah. That's really overwhelming because there's so many options, but it's also really fun because any endeavor that you go out there and attempt to achieve, any kind of creative endeavor, if you want to write a book or draw a picture or whatever, you can do that. You can do that. And when you get to the outcome and you sit back and you read through the words or you admire the picture that you've drawn, it's like, this is so fulfilling. Mm. When you apply that to your life and you put intention out there and you say, this is what I want to achieve. This is the goal that I'm, I'm aiming for and you surrender to the process that leads up to that goal being achieved it's like oh this is awesome life is amazing yeah i'm in control here and that was like i said still overwhelming a little bit because there's so many options there is a lot of opportunity out there if you know where to look that's what i was going to say opportunity yeah and i guess before you reach that point it's it sounds weird but before you reach i know before i reached that point i was on autopilot i wasn't ready to be aware of that 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 was actually available to me, that that was how life works, Mm. that someone, there's always someone that's more in the know 
someone that understands life a bit better and understands how everything works better. So I don't have to take responsibility for myself as such because someone else out there will guide me. Mm -hmm. And there's always going to be people out there that can guide you because there's so many more people that are more wise <laughs> And older have experienced more than you there's always someone else yeah but when but that's like, it's good because we're a community and we need to work together yeah and we need to share with each other and be there for each other we need support yeah yeah it's beautiful and when you become when you can step out of that waiting for someone else to tell you what to do and you step into i guide me now and other others help me i can be influenced by Influence. others but the decision is mine and mine alone now that was when i started stepping outside of my comfort zone and I started stepping outside of everything that I'd done and known up until that point in time. Mm. And it was different with my family to see and for people close to me to see. The friendships that I was a part of, they started drifting away yeah. through no fault of anybody's. That's just what happens. It happens with change. Yeah. When, when, things, when you start to do things differently, life starts happening differently. Yeah. And that you, was, you change your energy. And if those around you agree with you and are excited for you they'll join in and adapt their energy to you yeah and whether it takes them a little bit to you know walk away and then to understand and you're like you know what i i really appreciate his growth yeah that's what i learned from you they're gold those people yeah those wonderful people that come into your life or were always in your life mm. but chose to adapt with and to you yeah just they're, so they're the ones you keep around because change is hard and even if you're not the one doing the changing, when someone that you have known and have had this image of for so long and they step outside of that image, it can be really difficult to adapt to that new way of life, that new way of being for them. Yeah. Sometimes that's too overwhelming and it's too much. And that's okay. And any time. Yeah, that's like, okay. Yeah. And, you know, relationships come and go and friendships come and go. So it's they come not, and go and they might come back again. you got to allow that time and just understand that it might be really difficult for that person to see how different you are. Are you the same person just because you're making different decisions now? Yeah. And it's like we are. We're just growing and developing. That's all it is. I'm just growing. I'm changing a little bit, but it's for the better of me. And that's what the, the beauty of being aware of the decisions you, you make. You get to you engage more with what's happening in your life what's happening around you and you you're more informed like so for myself at the time when I finished uni mm. I was still working at Woolworths because I was working part-time at Woolworths while I was at uni just to give me some money on the side mm -hmm. so that I could still go and have a, a social life and the plan was obviously I finish I graduate I'm qualified as an osteopath and I go have a career I start my career as an osteopath that didn't go to plan mm. when things changed and I became more aware of my role to play in my own life, I, I was able to step back from that freight train that was my expectations of how things would go and just totally reevaluate and reassess and just slow down. I had, it was, I think it was eight months between finishing university and actually starting a full-time full employment. But I was, I was able to or just reevaluate mm. what I valued and what, I wanted to achieve for my life going forward and what what opportunity was out there for you exactly yeah what the options were for me at that point in time I just so I, I just kind of went with the flow I stayed just work at Woolies I upped my hours so I could earn a better income mm -hmm. and it came to a point where I'm like I am I'm ready to move on from this now I was reading a lot of books a lot of self-help stuff a lot of spiritual books a lot of um, I think psych 
some more health books, just to try and understand myself Mm -hmm. and learn how I can structure my life, learn what things I want to value so that I can live the best life that I can. And so I I just, I took it on me to to do all that. And that really helped me to move through that patch. Mm -hmm. And so I think about six months later, after, after I graduated, I was like, you know what? I don't have many skills in, in any trade. I don't, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy, I'm a bloke, and I don't even know how to <laughs> stick a shovel in the ground, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I also had a childhood hobby of building cubbies and playing around outside in the backyard. And I was always out and active as a kid. Mm. And I'm like, I, why don't I harness that into a job and see what's out there? And then you built the cubby for Mushu. I did. You did. But I didn't become a chippy. No. It was landscaping that came up. Yeah. So I became a landscaping apprentice. And I'm like, I'll, I'll learn as I go. It'll be good fun. And then about eight months into the apprenticeship, no, six months, I think, even less than that. I think six months or so into the apprenticeship, I decided I, <laughs> landscaping's not really for me. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. But that's part of it. I just stepped down from an apprentice to a, to a labourer. And I've learned heaps. And that has been really rewarding in that I can come away from that now with a new skill set mm. when I do eventually come away from that. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, the decision was mine to do that, to step into that employment. And even though I don't necessarily want to do it now, it's still really empowering knowing that this was a decision that I made. I've put myself in this position. Yeah, you're in control. On the side, it contributed to affording us the ability to move out as well. It did. And moving moving in together. Yeah, Yeah, and that that was again a massive change. It was needed. Yeah. Much needed. It makes you so vulnerable though when you're still at that point of, I have a decision to make. When you're aware and you're accountable for the decisions that you make, no matter how confident you might be or no matter how pumped you might be, when it comes to what you're going to do next, what the choices are are available to you right now, you're still in a really vulnerable position often. You're putting yourself out there to something new. You're opening yourself up to something new. Yeah. Something that you haven't done before. Yeah. There's always the potential it might fail. Yeah. And that's really But that difficult. failure, that's that's your definition. What is your definition of failure? And does that align with your purpose? Yeah, well that's that's like really interesting yeah. to even go into that. Yeah. Because if you have a definition of what success is and surely even you'd if, have a that, definition for what failure is. Of course. And even if failure is just not managing to succeed <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you if you're regarding failure relative to success, mm. then if you can define one, then you kind of know what the other one's going to be. Yeah. Success are like again, they're they're like moving goalposts. Yeah. As you grow and develop, your version of success and what you want to do changes. Yeah, mine definitely has. Yeah. I thought success was you going to be CEO of a big corporate company. <laughs> CEO. Oh, what? Of a big corporation. I can't imagine you as a CEO <laughs> of a big company. <laughs> What did you think success was when you were younger? Lots of money and 95 job in a big, yeah, big tall tower. <laughs> you know, it's gone up lifts, very crisp and clean and... Like a, like a lawyer. Lawyer or, you know. or something like that. Oh, honestly, that's an how I... <laughs> and it was impossible for me to even see myself. Like I was reaching already for something that I didn't fit into. What shapes that? What influenced like what influenced you to think that that was what success was? Well, film, uh, what I learned at school. You had to be smart. You had to be book smart to pass um, subjects. Yeah. Being creative that lowered 
my my scores yeah. me doing art me doing textiles me doing what else did i do dance yeah all of those things lowered my scores yeah and lowered my enter score which means that i couldn't get into the uni that i wanted to i didn't even know what i wanted to do by the you know year 10 because i knew that doing a creative subject made me less important that's how i felt I was less important. I wasn't, I was a bit crazy. People that did those like a creative and art job were crazy. They were insane. Yeah. yeah was that definitely... was my, that was my, that's what I grew up with at school. That's what I learned from what the people that I looked up to told me. Yeah. What, my... kind, of, what kind of person did you look up to when you were younger? <sighs> it's really interesting because I didn't really, well, I, at first it was my family, every single one of my family you know, family members because they were the oldest people around me. But in terms of like, you know, celebrities, I'd say those that really stood out in a different way. So Frida Kahlo. Yep. Um, the unibrow. Yeah. yeah. Just, she was just authentic in herself. Yeah. She had an accident. Yeah. She was in a bus. She shattered all her bones and she was miserable. She was full of life and she went through a traumatic experience. Yeah. But then she used that as an opportunity to connect with, a part of her to actually use that pain and transform and put it on paper. Yeah. Because I think she loved to draw. I think that was her thing. She was very creative. And then she started drawing and her parents, um, I think her dad bought her oils and paintbrushes and paper and all that. She started drawing. And then that's when she really, she that's how she could express herself. So she, uh, she was probably a really big part of, and I didn't actually know why I loved her so much. I didn't know what it was about her. But I think it's the way she used her experience to go back into that because she healed in that process. She healed, she got back out there and she was alive at the party again. Did you, were you influenced by that story or just even the the people that were authentic to them, were authentic Mm. and knew how to be accountable for themselves Mm. and accepted themselves as as who they were? Do you think that you were influenced by that to with your art, like to go forward and do art subjects and then go to university and do an arts degree? Do you think that influenced you or were you always geared towards art? No, I was always geared toward creativity. I loved watching films. I loved drawing. I loved writing stories, using my imagination. I loved endless possibilities. I loved that realm. Yeah. I loved being in that space. I loved fictional stories of fictional books that's what got me through a lot of hard a lot of hard times yeah so it's always been there because art's like an expression a self-expression it is of what's as someone who's been more in tune with their artistic side compared to uh like myself Mm. i'm better at writing than i'm at drawing that's creative yeah yeah but my i don't do it as often as what you did sure did you do you find that art gets you through tough times because it helps you express when you don't know how else to express. You can't go in and have a, a conversation with somebody because it's too overwhelming. Oh, yeah. So that's why art helps. I Because I didn't really have a big voice growing up, you know, being the youngest, uh, everyone else talked over me and I didn't really matter much. I was the baby. I, didn't, I wasn't experienced enough to kind of join in the conversation. I didn't understand their jokes. I didn't understand the topics they were talking about. I didn't, I didn't understand life because I was just a kid. I was a baby in their eyes. So I was always a baby. So yeah, creativity, definitely. I drew to express myself. I remember in high school, 
there was some a dark patch which I didn't realize but I was just really drawn to uh, dark circus uh, jokers and and I went through this phase and my art teacher was actually a school psychologist she was a bit concerned and she had to ask some questions <laughs> <laughs> did that coincide with something going on in your personal life too like was that a moment where there was something going on in the background so you were drawn to that type of art it must have I didn't because I wasn't aware of how to understand my situation I didn't understand what was going on now when something happens I'm like okay how can I learn from this whereas I didn't think like that when I was younger I was just in a place and I'm like I feel like drawing I just went with whatever I was drawn to I was really connected with that where I was more inclined to pick up a pencil when I felt a certain emotion or read a book when I wanted to get away and but I didn't know what I wanted to get away from so some sometimes consciously I just didn't know but subconsciously my body the energy my energetic body was like let's do something to make you feel better and yeah. I'd do that and usually it was something creative most of the time nearly every time it was something creative I'd go for a run I'd um I'd dance I really loved dancing doing Ukrainian dancing up until I was 21 every every week yeah. that's probably one of the biggest saving graces because it was self-expression you know, everyone always was like, oh, you're yeah, it was just... a saving grace for you and you're going through hard times. Hard times. Yeah. Now I can see that. I didn't know that then, but I can see that now because I reflected back on what certain things did, how they were useful to me. Isn't it funny when you're connected to your expression, not necessarily consciously, mm. but subconsciously you have that connection with your creative expression, whether it's drawing or writing or dancing yeah. or how your creativity is changes and your expression changes Changes. based on what might be going on in your head the situation the situation that you're experiencing it's like your the artwork almost holds you subconsciously accountable to what's happening around you and what's happening within you yeah because you're getting it out yeah sometimes i i'm not very good at speaking talking (laughs) as you can tell but i never was i was never unless i'm really in my element and I'm talking about something I, I know, I'm not put on the spot, I can do it. Yeah. But when I'm not, I stumble over my words. I say, um, there's a lot of gaps. I blank. Yeah. Growing up as well, doing oral presentations for school, me not knowing how to speak, use big words. Even though I tried to use big words, my teachers would be like, this isn't your work. This Who, who did this for you? And I was like, you asked me to use big words. So I'm putting, I picked up a thesaurus, added these to my vocabulary. And now you're saying this isn't my, that's what I went through. So it didn't help me get confidence. So I stuck to drawing. I stuck to just physically expressing with dance. I love dancing. Like it was something that when I was on stage, even in class, I mean, you know, my friends will tell you that I just was in and out. I was in my element. It was my thing. Yeah. You could tell that something was going on. I was expressing. I was in a moment with me and my soul. It was a way to release the tension, the negativity of whatever I was going through. And you've told me when you were growing up, mm. I think we mentioned it in the, in the first episode, that you didn't really feel heard. Yeah. So you did, did, do you think that in not having your voice heard or not feeling like you had a, an, an easy platform mm. to voice your thoughts and to bounce ideas around, do you think that sort of pushed you down the path of more creative expression as opposed to vocal 
vocally ex- or verbally expressing yourself? Yeah, that would be a massive part of it. Maybe that's it. I wouldn't have been a good artist. I wouldn't have been able to draw well had I not. Well, had you been able to express yourself verbally? Because I just compare us to you're a really good drawer. I suck. (laughs) 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 I talk. Stick figures are questionable. (laughs) Questionable. (laughs) That's putting it really, really liberally as well. (laughs) I can't put pen to paper and, and create a visual masterpiece. Yeah. I wrote a book. I can do that, but that's words. I can, I can use the words. Is, I've learned how to write better, I, but the thing is I've got time. So when I write a caption, mm. I've got time. I'm not on the spot. I'm struggling now when I'm when you're asking me a question. Even though I know the answer, I'm put on the spot. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not in my element. See, I've, I've always been all right at waffling. I can, I can keep, I can keep going. I can I, talk. I know, I know you can. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's funny though that you growing up, how much of an influence yeah. not feeling heard when you were younger could actually have had on your, not inability, but your love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to, how to say no, this without sounding insulting. But you're not <laughs> well, like, like you say, your, your inability to properly verbally express yourself and how that might have had an impact on you really following a creative expression instead mm-hmm. of a verbal expression yeah. whereas i'm the opposite yeah i grew up in a household where it was all about the verbal communication mm. and and talking about everything everything was an open open floor yeah there was very little i'd say there was nothing there was nothing you could talk about in, in my house growing up and how that could have actually influenced you becoming more of a creative expression yeah. as to me being more verbal yeah well i started when i was when i was younger i i I wanted to be heard so much that I think I went out of my way a few times to do things to just get attention, yep. just to, to be heard, to be even to be seen as me. The interesting thing though, when I created a, when I was drawing, that's when people noticed. That's when my family noticed. When I created Your 100 days. Not even my 100 days back in when I was younger. Oh, okay. Right. So right. the attention that I got was from what I, how I was expressing myself, not verbally, but through creativity, because that's the only way I could. Yeah. But I enjoyed that process. I really enjoyed sitting there and creating something. Yeah. It's really funny. Even now you, you get a lot more feedback and you actually seem to get your message across a lot clearer and you're listened to when you post a picture. Yeah. When you when you want to sit down and talk to somebody in your family or in your close circle, yeah, a lot of the times, even I know, it, I, I'm aware of it too. Mm. You're not heard when you speak no. as much yeah. as what you're. You seem to be heard when you post something, and it's really interesting. How interesting is because I, I I can still tell when I'm talking, and it it's still like it's like a dagger, <laughs> just a small one, it's but a little, it's a little twisted and all. Yeah, it? and it's just like oh, still. Still, I'd be still talking and yeah. the topic would change in the middle of my sentence. You're still born last. I'm still born last. <laughs> You're still the shortest in the family. <laughs> yeah. Your, your family dynamic, though, is mm. very different to mine. And yeah. your family dynamic, I think, is a lot more conducive to having that creative freedom. Like you're allowed, you're allowed to draw on the walls in your in, at your <laughs> at your house, your family house, yeah. which is amazing. I never would have had that freedom, where you couldn't necessarily have a conversation of properly being able to express yourself. 
you were given so much freedom to be able to go and explore whatever it is you needed to explore and what you had to do and go through at that point in time. Yeah, that's really interesting. So like subconsciously, maybe they knew that. Yeah. And they gave me that freedom subconsciously. Potentially. Because I got like a lot of drawing, like sketchbooks and pencils for my birthday or just random gifts mm. as I as I was growing up. You know, yeah. that would be something because it was, I think, their way of supporting me. Maybe they thought that I just really liked drawing. Maybe they thought well, that it right. was... I'm not right. I do love it. No, but I'm just saying like they just there was something there that obviously I wasn't getting my message across that way. I was getting my message. They were like, you know what? You're a beautiful drawer. Yeah. They still encourage me and I love it. I got close to my siblings after high school. Yeah. I properly, properly close, had a friendship because we've got a really good sibling relationship oh your family's beautiful like yeah. super connected we are we've yeah. always been friends i love being part of them we went out like i go out with, i got close to them after high school when i first wrote i think when i wrote my thesis I, and it was really nerve-wracking for me to actually share my thesis with them because yeah. i was so proud of it but i'm like oh are they gonna like, what are they gonna say what do they yeah. think of me because i don't know how they think of me but now that we're close and we're friends like i was so hoping for a bit of a bit more uh, acceptance. acceptance so i sent them up and the response was oh my god Yuja, what who is this person that we we <laughs> have been sisters with like what is this you're like i don't know let me draw your picture <laughs> <laughs> but you know so like it was it actually at the start it kind of hurt because i was like oh is it insulting that they don't know who I am or is it a good thing now that I'm, I'm being I'm being seen through something that I loved doing yeah yeah I loved writing my thesis and to share that with the people closest to me they started to wow Yuja, you're here yeah there's 18 years between me and my oldest brother yeah so there's a massive age gap yeah and it was it was difficult dynamic growing up like all my friends at school their siblings were one year older or one year younger. There was no, there wasn't double digits gap between them. Well, my sibling, like there's a five year age gap between me and my older sister. Yeah. And me and my younger brother is a four year age gap. Sure. And it wasn't, uh, it's it's interesting because with having such big age gaps, like you said, you didn't really become close with your siblings until, or your older siblings until after high school into Mm -hmm. university sort of age. Um, I didn't really become close with my sister until I was 15, 16, you know, until I was a bit older yeah. and a bit more mature. And and then my Lachlan, my younger brother, was sort of... Uh-huh. Lachlan. We, we, we always had a, a bit of a love-hate relationship growing up, but we didn't get close until he was about that age. Yeah, right. Do you know, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So because, like, there was there is that age, there is those age gaps and there's... I don't know what the time frame might be, if you if you go past a certain you know maybe if you're outside of a year removed from your sibling or something maybe it's a bit harder to get along with them because you're at different stages in your life. Yeah. You know when I when my sister was 21 I was 16. Sure. You know, when I was 16 my brother was 12. Mm. We didn't really have a huge amount in common. Yeah. Until we started each of us started hitting those particular yeah. ages. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And so, and maybe that was it. Could have been a similar dynamic with your siblings. Well, you know? I think so. Like, like the three, they can't relate. They, they can't relate to you. No, you, like that's two why two generations the, removed. Well, that's it. They were graduating uni. Yeah. They were think by, by the time I could talk. Yeah. So, <laughs> of course, they didn't know. That's why I was the baby. I was the baby. I'm still the baby. They see. Obviously, they see me as an adult now. Yeah. But I will forever be the baby. Even their friends say, "Oh, you're the baby. You'll always be the baby." 
but I don't take it the same way as yeah. I used to. I appreciate it now. And I think you're you're a lot better now to it understanding that dynamic and understanding how you don't have to necessarily verbally be heard constantly yeah. because no. you, you know that you know that there's a love and that there is a family bond and no matter what. Oh, and, yeah. and you know that you still have that, that creative outlet where you can express yourself. But that's the way I think my purpose is to express through creativity in a different way. Yeah. My way wasn't through speaking. I mean, this podcast is different, but it's learning. This is something that was probably most nerve-wracking for me because I'm so self-conscious of the way I speak. Yeah. And I'm very careful with words I use, but I know that once I we listen back to this i've gotten a cringe <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay it's, it's okay it's all part of the process i'm just gaining these skills now that's really i just find that super duper interesting just the difference between me and you and growing, and growing up the platforms that we sort of have within our family and the role that we have within our family mm. i was the most vocal of the three of us three kids i was the least and you were vocal. the least and we get along <laughs> and we do get along yeah somehow somehow so, we've, we've we've found a happy medium we've just got a balance i think i think that's what it is yeah, yeah. I think we've, we've got, got a, the best of both worlds yeah we've got what each other needs yeah um which is very fortunate for this relationship mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it just, just how that, that's potentially shaped how we express ourselves yeah. in, as adults. Yeah. You know, you know. Well, I'm still more drawn to be more creative. Even my approach to counseling, which I'm studying, I prefer to go down a mindfulness, creative therapies, expressive therapies yeah. kind of direction with meditation and exploring yourself and what else? essential oils using your body to do yoga it's what works for me it's what still works for me and And i've understood that yeah i've understood that i've been a i first thought oh why can't i be so why can't i be good at speaking why can't i be but it's when you're in your element which is the most important part yeah you know in a conversation of course it's hard it's going to be difficult you know we have conversations all the time and i can hear myself talking sometimes and i'm like oh my god i just wish i was more eloquent with my language i wish my vocab was wider but i haven't been reading as much that's when my vocab really grew when i when i genuinely enjoyed the book that i was reading yeah and i was like it was sinking in and the words were sinking in and i loved all these big words gargantuan (laughs) (laughs) we're just being exposed to bigger words in context as well and that's where you can really start to expand your vocabulary yeah because you, 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 you see these words. If you just saw that word in isolation, you wouldn't even be able to say it. No. <laughs> you wouldn't let alone know what it meant. That's it. Do you find, even now, given all this, given that you, we, you can establish, you've established that your expression, your outlet is mm-hmm. through creative means, through drawing a picture and posting it, mm-hmm. do you still find that when you put that out there, when you create something and you post it or you put it up somewhere for people to see yeah do you feel vulnerable still doing that or are you confident enough now that this is what you need to do to get a message across i don't think it ever gets easier because each picture has a different story i draw a picture and it's an expression of whatever i'm feeling in that moment yeah. it means something to me there's a bit more i put a little bit of myself into that picture yeah. so posting it doesn't it doesn't really get easier yeah. It doesn't get harder either, but it's not, it's the vulnerability is, will probably remain there yeah. because in each picture I draw, there's a different part of me that's in there and it's a new experience every time. My hundred days of drawing. I started it because I wanted to 
just get back into drawing. But then it became a meditative process. It became a meditation for me and a means of expressing something that I was feeling at the time, something my soul was telling me. I was really connecting with, because I was doing yoga and meditation at the time, so I was really connecting with my spirit and my inner self and higher self. So when I started drawing, all that kind of it resonated, when it came through the picture. And that's what drew a lot of attention to me and my story. Because it resonated with people, the authenticity of what it is. Yeah, it was just me. It was authentic. It was, there was no, I wasn't trying to be anything. I, you know, when I posted it on Instagram and I was writing the caption, it would come out in a poem. And I, to be honest, I look back on it now and I reread some of the posts and I'm blown away. I'm like, did I seriously write this? It was divine. It was that wisdom that flowed through me. Then what happened was people started noticing and they started responding and they were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like you should sell your art. You should be making so you could make so much money from this. And I, although I loved that prospect, I was like, it's just not my intention. It's not what I want to do. But people kept saying it. My family kept saying it, just put it out there, sell it. Oh my gosh, you could be making money. You could be an artist. And that wasn't my intention. So I eventually, I was just like, okay, I went to about seven different printers to figure out how, because these pictures were so important to me, I wanted them to be perfect. I wanted them to be good quality and to not only just be a picture, but to have like me in it. Like I wanted to be the best quality ever, except when it came to pricing, I had to price an A4 version of it on this beautiful paper with perfect color for like 70 bucks. For me to start selling, you know, just out of nowhere, that was too much for me. I'm like, I don't, people aren't going to want to buy from me. People aren't going to want to spend $70 on this picture because to them it's just a picture. But for me, it's everything. And I want them to know that, but they don't know that they get like all this conversation. That's funny though, how your imagination blows that up. Because people are- It happened instantly. People are calling for your artwork. People want you to sell it. People would probably be willing to pay that even more. I did a portrait and I sold it for $300. Wow. Where's that money now? You, you, you went and bought a, a, a skirt or something with that, didn't you? <laughs> a new pair of shoes probably. No, but I, I did something really good with it. Yeah. I know I did. I, I did not, I didn't just piss it away. I really, because it was a very, it was a custom job and I treasured that. Yeah. And that meant a lot to me. I put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. And I was so grateful. Yeah. Well, that's good. I yeah. mean, so yeah, like it's pretty clear that when you were drawing in the 100 days, it was again like it's been your whole sort of life it's, yeah. it's it was your self-expression it yeah. was you you were putting out there for other people to engage with mm-hmm. and i can see how that's a really vulnerable experience yeah. and how it doesn't get easier because everything every post is unique to whatever you're trying to express of yourself well, at that I'm moment just, in time i'm growing yeah every day is a new challenge every day is a new lesson and in that picture and whatever or whatever i'm doing doesn't matter what i put out there it's something new it's a different part of me it's a new part of me that i'm discovering it's more and more of your leg that you're letting hang out of the bed (laughs) for the the boogeyman underneath to rip you out all the way yeah that's a very interesting the boogeyman is society (laughs) (laughs) and the leg is yourself that you're exposing Uh, that's it's really um and and it makes sense though why it didn't work when it came to selling it because the intention was to express yourself the intention wasn't to bulk manufacture something generic for people to have in their homes it wasn't about that it It was was about people engaging with a piece of yuja yeah 
it, that's what it became. And then my intention changed. And I said, this isn't, this isn't for me to just make money from. Mm. I'm ex- I want to get to the end of my 100 days. I want to get, that was my goal. So with every project that I've started, I've really found it hard to finish it because of self-criticism, vulnerability, and all of that limiting pressure, beliefs. limiting beliefs, my own pressure. Yeah. Where does that come from? Because even, even since we've been together and we've, we've done that, we've had projects or you've had projects that you've wanted to do and there seems to always be a block. It's, there's a lot of excitement at the start, but oh, it gets to a point yeah. somehow and it fizzles. Yeah. What happens? What happens to you in that moment? What happens against you? What, what is it? I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Because it happened the other day. You know that. Yeah, even the, yeah, the first episode. Yeah, absolutely. Like editing, just get doing the, the final touches to publish it. Yeah. Took I just, nearly a week. It took so long because, I don't know, I'm not good enough. Who am I? People are going to hear my arms. I don't sound intelligent enough. I'm a lot com- of vulnerability and so much limiting. And I can't belief. show anyone like, I want to create a picture of what I mean. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I that's want what you're exp- used to. That's what I'm used to. This I'm is not- a totally different platform of expression. For me, for this you. is really hard. Yeah. It's a lot harder than it is for you. Yeah. For you, talking comes naturally. It does not come naturally to me. Yeah. I'm very emotional when it comes to talking. So I get really energetic and then through that energy becomes a block because I'm, I've lost my way. I think I get it seems myself. to me when, when a lot of the time when we're talking and you get to that point where you start getting more and more energetic yeah. as you speak, you, you, it gets to a point where you somehow go over the edge and you separate yourself from whatever it is that you're saying and you start to become aware of how emotionally charged you're getting. Yeah. You, you separate yourself <laughs> from your thought. And when you do that, it, I it, you lose everything. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what I'm saying. So yeah. I, I can I can just allow myself to continue going, and I don't I listen to what I say, and I mean what I say most of the time. Yeah. Um, I have to speak. I'm a lot slower. more natural at allowing that to unfold, whereas you become a lot more conscious of what you're saying and how I sound very quickly. Mm. And I know that's a big block for you when it comes to verbally expressing yourself, and that probably goes back to when you were younger and your past experience that we've obviously spoken about a fair bit now. Yeah. You know, so it, it makes sense. Yeah, like, it does I totally make sense, get it. But that's yeah. it. So, what would happen when you were starting a project and you get really excited? Was it the same kind of thing when you when you start talking and you get really excited while you talk, and then you separate yourself from that thought and then you lose it? Is it that sort of similar process when you start a project? Do you become aware of you're not you're not worthy of finishing it, or you're not worthy of showing th- it? So when a pro when it definitely when it's a new project. Let's give an example. So, so an example. What have you tried to start recently that uh, you stopped? The course. The course, yeah. Okay, we'll go. With I that. wanted to, yeah. I really wanted to create a course of the things that I was learning, just to helping me get through this time right now. And you were so you were all in on that. I was all in, like nearly twenty four seven thinking about it. You know, we bought a microphone, this microphone, I bought a light. I was ready, ready to go. I was writing all these ideas out and I was even structuring it. Yeah, which you never do. No. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's why I was like, oh my God, this is going to actually happen. And then I got even more excited yeah. because I could. I went one step further than I usually do in my projects. And I took that one step closer to the, to the end. What's that step for you? When I've got an idea on something that I want to do, 
I brainstorm. I get a A3 piece of paper. Yep. I write a thing in the middle or at the top or in the corner or whatever. And I just brainstorm all my ideas. You're like mind mapping everything. Mind map. Yeah. For me, I get overwhelmed with all of that. So if I, I usually just do that, I get overwhelmed, I stop. Yeah. Because there's too many options. There are too many ways I could do this. There are too many possibilities. Because I could keep going on and on because my handwriting gets smaller in the creases. Yeah. I draw pictures and it gets... And I've seen your mind maps. They're crazy. <laughs> there is stuff. I look at it and I'm like, yeah. holy crap, I can't be... I'm, 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 I hope you've got a handle on what's going on here because... <laughs> All I'm seeing is color. But, I mean, yeah. it's beautiful. It's a it's a pretty picture to look at. Yeah. But there's a well, lot of detail. I love it because yeah. I, I that I just want to get everything out, so yeah. then I can start piecing it together. Yeah. But when I don't have a clear intention on that project, when I just get really excited about an idea, and instead of just flowing with the process, flowing with the development of it naturally, trying not to force it to be something, because I get ahead of myself and I think. Oh my god! How, how important? Because I realize the potential, yeah. and I see, I see myself on a stage. I see myself do like I put myself in like the brightest spotlight. Yeah, and I get terrified. Yeah, and I stop. Yeah, because I don't want to be there. I just want to create this course, <laughs> but I, I just couldn't finish it. So the next step was I gathered all of that information and I structured it from unit one to six, or one to eight, I think. I wrote it all down. You did. I did. And then you had your 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 desk light. I had my desk light. I had my little yeah the rim the ring light. Yeah. And it was all ready to go. I press play. Press record. And I just froze. And I started. I was like, uh, I had all my notes, everything there. And I was like, oh, oh, uh, huh. okay. The words aren't happening. Nothing's happening. Do I? Oh, okay. Oh, and then. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Blur. Yep. And that, I think that was the end of that. That was the end of that. I love that idea. Maybe it just wasn't time for me. Maybe I was too emotional at the time, yep. you know, with COVID, everything, all this. I was so affected by it. I still am pretty affected by it, but I was so affected by it. I, wasn't, I couldn't see my mom, my family. I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do. I don't go to the places where I get inspiration from. Probably also you just, you really were enjoying the idea of having something to fill your time as well. Oh, yeah. I really loved just doing something that made me feel like I feel essential, feel yeah. like I had purpose. God, yeah. That sounds so sad. That is really sad. <laughs> <laughs> when you lose your job and yeah, you know, you're know you not in a state to do a counselling course because you yourself need counselling, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's overwhelming. And then you've got all this time. And when days go by, when weeks go by, when you can't, when you don't fill it with something, it's, it's a hard lot. It's overwhelming. Yeah. And you're, you're by yourself too because I'm at work full time still. Yeah. So the whole the whole time I'm off. You get home and I'm, I'm off like, working uh, and you're, you're home by yourself. Yeah. It's not easy. And for, I don't know what it's like because a lot of my friends still have their jobs. Yeah. A lot of my friends still have their full-time jobs and they're not affected like this. So it's really hard to talk to people that I know that are going through this. They're struggling. I'm not like not comparing because they're struggling in their own ways. I'm yeah. sure everyone is. But I wanted just someone to understand. Yeah. Because you didn't understand no. until maybe I think it was like a couple of months in. Yeah. And we started, we talked about it. And you said, I, I oh my God, I didn't even think. Yeah. Because I've been I at think, work. So you've been at work and. Because even, even the, like the comparing thing, like you just sort of touched on it then. Like, yeah. 
unless you step outside of your own situation, mm. um, it, it's very easy to compare your situation to someone else's. Oh, so easy. And go, oh, like, you know, they're not doing it as tough as I am. Or, yeah. or I shouldn't be, I, should. I shouldn't feel so crap because someone else out there has got it worse than or me. Or you could go, yeah, that's it. I'm so great. I'm grateful for this, but I still feel yeah. pretty and, shit. And so you, you kick your works. own pain and heartache under the rug because yeah. surely there's someone else out there that's doing it tougher. So comparing like that can be really toxic it is but it's the, really dangerous so i guess i was i never really until that point until i'm not sure at what point we actually had that conversation about yeah it was a, it was a, it was a about a couple of months in i think i think i was looking at, at it through the i was looking at the situation you were in through the lens of what i would like mm. so for me at that point i was you know not really enjoying working because yeah. you know I, I said it off the top of the episode it's not what I want to do anymore, but I'm in this position and that's okay. At this point in time, I'm so, I'm so grateful that I'm still able to go to work and earn money. Um, but at the time, I was like, I'm, I would love, I would love to have a bit of time off. I would just love to be able to stay home. And, and I was it, like, no, it, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. It is just like a point, At that point, I was, because you, you were out of the job for March. I was actually even probably a little bit jealous that yeah, you were you able were. to have that time. Yeah, and were. I had to go to work yeah. and do something I didn't want to do. Um, Even so, when the lockdowns happened, you're like, oh, I hope that we stop. Just give me two just weeks off. Just give me two weeks At that point when it was just about flattening the curve and not about eradicating a virus that's yeah. probably not going anywhere. Yeah, it was, it was, I was probably just jealous. I just, I wanted the time. And I, I looked at your situation, not from your perspective. I looked at it from my perspective. Yeah. And there, I'm not sure. I don't blame that, you for that. Yeah. Because it's, again, everyone's in their own situation. You, you, you need, there needs to be a moment that shakes you out of that. And opens up that conversation and opens up that different point of view. And I can't remember what it was that caused us to actually sit down and chat. Yeah. Maybe I think it was my first breakdown. Did you I think it might have been that. You might have I've, burst yeah. into tears and just been really struggling for that day. And because I don't know, I just didn't know what was going on. But it was I was struggling. Like I knew it was because I was home and I didn't have a job, but the details were like blurry. Yeah. And I that I think it was at that moment I've gone, holy crap, mm. this this is not I gotta stop I gotta stop looking at your just position, yeah. like that was how, I, how I would, as a comparison to where I would like to be right now. I need to look at it from her position. How how might you be looking at me going to work and how might that be making her feel? And I didn't even think about the fact that you might have been jealous of that I was going to work and you had to stay at home. Well, I felt a lot of pressure as well, having to fill my day with things like creating a course or mm. a job for myself. Or something that's going to give us money eventually, you know, starting our own business. I had, there was so much pressure that I, I don't know if I created or maybe I was just picking up words here and there from you. Because I knew that on the weekends when you were home, you'd read a book cover to cover. And I couldn't do that in one day or even a week. So I felt like I am not using this time wisely. Yeah. So I tried to use that time wisely, but the intention of, Making use of the time, yeah. The intention in a wasn't, good way? wasn't productive, it wasn't productive. It was more an intention of coping, I need, to, I need survival, yeah. or even I need to keep up, I need to do yeah. something productive mm. so that I, we can get out of this situation. It yeah. wasn't an intention of you doing something because you wanted to create something for yourself. No, it was, it was like this has to be our ticket out, yeah, as well. And that's yeah. so much pressure, and that I can that was so overwhelming for you, yeah, yeah. And still here and there, like those moments happen, which is normal because yeah. it's been six seven months yeah but it's easier to manage now because our intention is clearer yeah we have 
we've got a plan. I've got a plan for what I want to do, and you've got a plan for I'm just going with the flow. This yeah, we're just going with it ultimately because we we would love to. We'd love obviously we'd love to get to a place where financially we were a lot more at peace. Yeah, I'm so sick of the anxiety about our financial situation. I'm so over it. And the uncertainty about what's going to happen next. I'm just, just going to... forward every single day, just doing another unit of my course or just keep going yeah. in every day is so hard. Yeah. It's so hard to just think positively every day. Yeah. It's a lot easier to slip into those negative yeah. mental patterns. Yeah. The emotions kick in. Yeah. Oh, and it's subtle. I think the emotions happen kind of underwater first and then they come and bubble up. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, shit. Oh, it's really hard. I'm trying to get through these. I'm pushing myself, but I need to stop, breathe. I need to cry. I need to let this this energy out because I've no one's been in this situation before. Yeah. We haven't. This is new. No one knows how to cope. How do how can I possibly put that much pressure on myself to know how to move through this with grace, with just certainty? Yeah. Yeah. There's no blueprint for how to successfully navigate isolation through, like this. Or through a pandemic. No. Globally. For anybody. For anybody. Yeah. And it's so much it's pressure so to think that you can figure out the, the formula mm. for success in this time because it doesn't exist. Yeah. And that no. was so much pressure. I know mean, it was so much pressure on you because at least I was able to go to work. And then for me, it was like, I can I can dust my hands of responsibility kind of thing because I've gone and done the work thing. I've bought yeah. an income. Yeah. And then for you, it's like, I how are you going to contribute? Because not only was I had pressure on creating something that was going to take us further or out of this and financially free, so to speak, but I also had to clean the house. I had to look after Mushu and those responsibilities as well. Like yeah. I, I put pressure on that too. Yeah. You know, I had to do the cooking. I had to do the cleaning. I had to vacuum. I had to take yeah. care of Mushu. I had to take him for walks. I had to make sure that he was fed. I had to make sure that we were eating healthy food. I had, there was all of that on top of my purpose and figuring myself out. Yeah. And I don't know if, if anyone's gone through that because a lot of the people that I know still have their jobs. Yeah. Or if they if they are going through it, we haven't spoken about it. Yeah. It's too hard to talk about because it's too real. And knowing that it's real is harder to get through. And it is hard. <laughs> hear it in my voice. It's coming up because it's hitting hard. Yeah. And how do you navigate a conversation like this too? Where everyone's gone through a unique experience and they're going through something very individual to what you're going to, through. So how, how do you find common ground? How do you begin to open that kind of topic up with somebody? It's really difficult to try and find common ground through this pandemic yeah. experience because everyone's going through it differently. The common ground is that we're all going through it and it's hard. Yeah, That's the common ground. Having the conversation about it, though, that's probably more important because that that's like counselling. It's yeah. you, you, but with each other. Yeah. You're listening to each other. You're sharing with each other. You're expressing a little bit. You know, that's why a lot of people are turning to creativity now. Maybe that's not a bad thing. It's either. not a bad thing. But it's a different it's form beautiful. of expression. Yeah. We've had to stop as a society for a second and reevaluate what's important to us and how we can continue to expend our energy mm-hmm. we've got all this energy built up that once upon a time we could just go to work and use up or you know we, we had a routine we had a pattern and structure yeah. that would suck up our energy during we the didn't week know, yeah now we, now that doesn't exist anymore for so many people yeah and it's not necessarily a bad thing no i think it's a really good thing 
we're going to be in a very different space socially when we move, oh, when we move back into it. We're yeah. going to appreciate each other more. I think so. I reckon we're going to talk to each other more yeah. and share. It's and a, hug more. And hug more. <laughs> oh, gosh, I miss hugging. Yeah, me too. It's so weird watching films and them being... Oh, no, and they're not like just... socially distancing. <laughs> they're like sitting shoulder to shoulder. And it's like, oh, my God, they're not social distancing. Even when you see cars, people tailgating... <laughs> those cars aren't social distancing you're going to transmit this virus human to car transmission oh god how ridiculous <laughs> yeah no it's it's definitely true uh, i think there's a lot of things that we took for granted and are now been able to reevaluate and will it will change the way that we approach socializing and with change comes vulnerability right so during this time i'm sure that our thoughts have changed maybe we've gotten new ideas we've started a new hobby we're interested in a different job that creates vulnerability to step out back into society and share a new version of yourself yeah absolutely that's another stress another stress that we need to work on now so we're prepared for that reaction or response yeah. from the people around us. Because I think, I know for, for you, because you're the one that's at home, I'm still at work. Mm. But even when I come home or on the weekends, I'm a little more conscious in the decisions that I'm making and what it is that I'm doing. Yeah. For you, you know that you're in control of the decisions you make, what activities you do during the day, mm. and you're a lot more aware of why you're doing it. Yeah. And I think that has been a way that you've improved your mental health a little bit throughout this. And it's made you more productive yeah. and more excited at just about what you're doing, the activities that you're doing during the day. Yeah. It's, it's made you stronger. Got, they've got meaning. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's been thrown, this has changed everyone's life. <sighs> and change is new. Change is different. Yeah. Change is scary because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. It's like everyone's stepping into the unknown together. It is. And, and it's, it's beautiful in yeah. a way. In a, in a, in a, in a really obscure, way. fucked up way. Yeah. It's beautiful that we're all in this together because... There had to be a shift on our planet. And hopefully it can things can start to ease up soon enough. Yeah. Because we are getting to the point where we just we need to be released a little bit. Yeah. We need that social interaction to resume. That I'm, proper unpressured I cannot wait existence to experience. hug my parents. Yeah. I visualize it in my meditations. I visualize it during the day and I just burst into tears because it's that important. Yeah. That human connection. Yeah. Yeah, people that you love, fuck. Enough is enough. <laughs> <laughs> our vulnerability around what's, how our lives are changing right now and we are in charge ultimately of the decisions that we make and how we conduct ourselves throughout the day. Mm. You know, Having that awareness of what we are doing and those choices has a huge impact, has a massive positive impact on how you feel about your experience yeah, at any given time. Absolutely. From well, your own experience though, having awareness of what you're doing yeah. and how Just, you're going about your day. I think it's noticing what happens in certain moments. So notice it. You don't have to do anything with it. Just notice that that's there. Yeah. When you find yourself, your mind wandering or even in the day, if you notice yourself walking around the house, getting up, you're just sitting down, you're going to the other room, you've, you walked into a room, you don't know why you went into it. When you have it, just notice it. You know what? Okay, I want to take a deep breath. It keeps you more in tune with what's going on in your body and what's going on in your mind. Yeah, and that's okay. Like, I think it's really good for yourself to be aware of what's going on can change 
the intention of because your body's dating. communicating with you. Your body uses your it's emotions communicating with to you, communicate yeah. with you and let you know what's going on. And when you can become aware of the emotions that you're experiencing at that point in time, it can really help you to overcome it or to turn it into a positive. Yeah, choose again. You know, yeah. And and if you're if you're experiencing anxiety at a given moment in time. Why are you experiencing it? And yeah. it doesn't necessarily what, have what to be soul-searching yeah. endeavor. No, no, it's just, okay, what's making me anxious right now? Maybe, maybe I'm anxious because I haven't seen my family in God knows how long. Yeah. Maybe it's because I've just lost my job. Maybe it's because I still have my job, but I hate it. Yeah. I've realized that it actually doesn't give me any fulfillment. Yeah. Maybe it's because the friends that I've been trying to reach out to don't call me back or don't respond. Yeah. What it feels like in those moments in that transitional period, move through it, move through that awareness and into something better. Yeah. Or even just to to just moving through it to the to the end of it. Just seeing what what could happen if you figure it out. Yeah. If you move through that discomfort. Yeah. Becoming accountable to yourself and for your emotions. Yeah. And not don't to, judge yourself. Yeah. Not to judge yourself at all or compare yourself okay. to anybody else because you're going through an individual unique situation. Yeah. And no one else's situation can compare to yours. No. So, I, I, you know, <clears throat> being, in, being an osteo, one of the things we were always taught to do when doing a case history, doing a history on somebody uh, before you treat them is getting them to rate their pain. And you'd rate, the, you'd rate their pain on a scale of one to ten. Yeah. And you get some hypochondriacs that would come in and have a sore, a sore back or something. And they'd, it was just a bit of a muscle strain or a muscle cramp or whatever. Yeah. You just need a bit of a massage. Yeah, they're good. But they'd be rating it a nine pain. Yeah. Nine out of ten. That's interesting, isn't 10. it though? Yeah. But for me, I'll be like, I've broken my leg before. That was like mm. ten out of ten, the most excruciating thing I've ever been through. Yeah. And like but that's that 10 could out of be 10 the worst thing they've gone through. Exactly. You know, that maybe them having yeah, a back cramp is the ten out of ten for them. Yeah. Know? Experience is so relative. It's so subjective that you can't compare or judge your experience against anyone else's and you can't judge someone else's experience against yours. No. Because nothing <laughs> else. You've got a history. Yeah, exactly. Just like you've got a history. Everyone's come from somewhere. Everyone's going somewhere. And it, it all looks different to your journey mm. and to our journey. So having that comparing can be so toxic. It can be a good yardstick to be like, this is where I want to go. Mm. How do I stack up against other people that are going in that direction? Yeah, too? If you do it in a healthy way, yeah. it's it can be productive. But it's very easy to compare yourself to well, someone else in a negative way. Well, I was doing it. Comparing something that, you know, people might actually be okay. Yeah. And you, you're the one struggling. Like I was really struggling. I didn't realize that I was trying to hold it together. And your imagination just absolutely runs wild with that. Especially when, you, when you're on your own. When you have so much space. Yeah. How many, has so many rooms to walk through. Because you're not in the situation of the person you're comparing yourself to. You're imagining and you're trying to, you, you think yeah. that you're you... are trying to make yourself feel better. Yeah, you think that you can get your head around what they might be going through. And then you compare yourself to that um, imagine, that image that you've, you've manufactured yeah. of their situation. And that you're comparing yourself to an image that might not even be true. That's it. Yeah. And... And when you do that too, when you compare yourself and say, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be complaining. Someone else has got it worse than I have. Yeah. Not only are you assuming that you know what that other person's going through, you're also sweeping your pain under the rug. You're doing a disservice to your yeah, soul. And you're suppressing your own emotions and yeah. your own. And that's what I was doing. That's yeah. why I blew up a yeah, few times. Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. But it's, it's good though in a sense that you were able to vent and outlet those emotions even obviously there's more healthy ways and dealing with it as it comes up Mm. but at least you were able to vent them 
at points. And I understood them too. I really seek to understand what was going on. I took this pandemic as an opportunity to learn a bit about myself, to learn about who I was. It was actually good that I was away from the people that I usually hang out with. Just the things that weren't really serving me truly, there was something that I was missing. I wanted to see what it was. Was I really happy? Was I really fulfilling something that I was working toward Mm. what is it that i was working to i felt still i still kind of felt lost so i took this opportunity to learn a bit about myself and i now know who i want to be around i now know who i can trust and what i want to do and where i want my life to go and how i want us to flourish and you can be now more aware and conscious of the decisions that you're making i'm so much more aware like how i was it was that that took me that moment back when I finished university to go crap I need to be I need to take charge I need to put my big boy pants on now yeah it's me doing this Mm. this has definitely been like that for you absolutely it's been you know what I'm in control I can choose I choose what to do right now I choose how I want my day to go I choose how I want my week to go and I am going to plan doesn't matter what happens externally from me of me I choose this or I choose that yeah. And you and set you set your own intentions. Absolutely. Well, I think we might put it down there. We've covered a fair bit of stuff. So yeah, let's I think so. let that sink in for ourselves a bit. Yeah, thanks for sharing your time with me, Yush. You're welcome, honey. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you as well. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for sharing your time with us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any thoughts regarding the conversation today or just want to get in touch and share a little of your experience with us, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Logan and Yuja or send us an email at loganandyuja at gmail.com. We will put the details in the show notes. Thanks for listening and until next time with infinite love.